This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Three, two, one. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. Part of our service opportunity is to help educate people and make sure they understand the nature and scope of PFAS, for example, lead, manganese, what they're looking at. And that may or may not lead to a revenue opportunity, and that's okay. That's Greg Reinecke from Red Fox Advisors and Crusader Water talking at the WQA convention in Las Vegas about how to talk ethically with customers about PFAS. And welcome to WQA Radio, the weekly podcast of the Water Quality Association where we promote better water quality around the world. This is episode number 322. Joining us for the first time, welcome. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a show. That's the magic of podcasting. And be sure to share the podcast with someone you know. We're publishing this on June 7th of 2023. Find us at wqa.org. And on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. In this episode, we feature a segment from one of our main education sessions at the 2023 WQA Convention and Exposition in Las Vegas. It was called More Than a Sale, Ethics and PFAS. The discussion was moderated by Candace Wentling, Director of Certified Action, and featured Greg Reinecke with Crusader Water and Red Fox Advisors and a member of the WQA Board of Governors, along with WQA Technical Affairs Director Eric Yegi. All three are master water specialists. Later, we'll have our motivational minute and WQA tip. Now let's rewind the tape and head back to convention in Las Vegas for Ethics and PFAS on WQA Radio. You know, if I were to pull you and say, on a scale of one to 10, how confident are you in talking about PFAS? What would you say? If you were in the one to four range, where do you think you'd be? We can be honest here, we're all friends. Five to seven, two. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. There is so much and we continue to learn. And even these professionals up here, from calls to calls we had the last couple months, there was new information. Oh, now we know this. So please do not feel bad about that. With that said, Greg, if I would ask you to explain PFOS to a fifth grader, how would you describe it? PFOS is one of the ingredients used to make the things that make life better. You know, there was a saying that came out in the 50s, I think DuPont coined it, better living through chemistry. And, and I like that. I, I think uh, when we look at the progress that, that we've had in, in the world in the last 60, 70 years, we've got some phenomenal things. So PFAS is the ingredients that make things that make life better. There's just one little problem. It's a dirty kitchen. Those ingredients left behind uh, are not as safe as we might have once thought they were. So, so the, simple, the simple explanation is this is part of something that makes things better. And then as we expand on the discussion with someone at a fifth grade level, it's 
we, we left eggs on the counter in the kitchen, we spilled flour on the floor and we made a mess in the kitchen and part of our problem right now is we're trying to stop tracking all the stuff through the house because it's kind of messy and it's little bits of mess make big, big problems. Well, and let's sprinkle in a little bit of profitability. Oh yeah. So how would you add that element on there as well? So the fifth grader, we're not too worried about the business class, but if we were talking as dealers, um, when we look at perfluoroalkyl substances in general, and we look at the PFAS family of chemicals, and then we look at all the related chemistries around it, and we look at contaminants of emerging concern, the business opportunity is infinite, but the liability to balance it is just as infinite. And so it's very important, and that's one of the reasons why we, we coordinated this discussion today, is there's a lot of cool stuff, there's a lot of cool technologies, but we have a very solemn responsibility as water quality improvement professionals to serve our clients. And we have to protect them and we have to make their lives better. You know, those of you that have been to my classes before, I always teach three things in this order. Number one, improve your client's life through better water. Number two, create and sustain a lifetime service relationship with the client. And number three, make the profit you need to stay in business to serve your client for the future. And so it's no different with the PFAS experience. We have to think about life that way. Yeah. And last year, those of you that were here last year, we talked a little bit about the difference between primary and secondary contaminants and how we have those discussions, right? And this year, we are all about the primary. And that's a whole different level of ethical considerations. Would you agree? And liabilities. And liabilities. Uh, so from a dealer perspective, Greg, how would you describe the difference between a service offering and a revenue opportunity? I'm gonna say that one more time. What is the difference between a service offering from a dealership perspective and a revenue opportunity? So every revenue opportunity is a chance to serve, but not every chance to serve is a revenue opportunity, if that makes sense. When we think of our relationship with our community, uh, we do not follow the SEC guidelines for, for business. In, in the Wall Street world, your number one objective is to make money for your shareholders. As good business citizens in the small business community, I'd like to think that we, we follow a more altruistic approach in being a good corporate citizen. And so service opportunities that do not include revenue right now are opportunities to talk to prospective customers and existing customers about contaminants of emerging concern. There's a lot of voices out there, particularly when we look at the internet and such things. And there's a lot of self-proclaimed experts and it seems like the louder the person is, the less they know. Something about an empty vessel sounding the loudest. And these people, are saying a lot of things that can be misconstrued, misinterpreted, and even create unrest, unease, panic, and undue concern with our clients. And so part of our service opportunity is to help educate people and make sure they understand the nature and scope of PFAS, for example, lead, manganese, what they're looking at. And that may or may not lead to a revenue opportunity, and that's okay, because serving your clients making their lives better really is your number one priority. It's easy to make the revenue follow after that. 
Very good. And, and before we, um, I want you to consider how can we be customer focused when it comes to harmful contaminants. But first, what I also see is a difference that we've had discussions about is the motivation behind it. So we can view PFAS as a revenue opportunity, right? And if we go with that motivation, we're gonna make mistakes. But if we go with the motivation of offering a service to customers that are concerned about it, our motivation's a little bit different, right? So that core motivation, I would really challenge dealers to think about, are we, are we providing a service for those concerns or are we going from it from the aspect of this could be a huge money-making opportunity? Would you agree? Very good. So based on that, how, how can we be customer focused when it comes to harmful contaminants? We got to put the customer first. We have to think about their needs, their hopes, their desires. And, and honestly, sales 101, you have to focus on your client. Telling ain't selling, asking is, right? Zig Ziglar. And if, if we focus on our customers' concerns, we focus on, on what they're worried about, we focus on what they want to learn, and then we act as a knowledgeable professional. Yes, we're a for-profit professional, but as a knowledgeable professional, we provide them with the best education we possibly can to help them make an informed decision that'll give them the peace of mind that they want. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to any contaminant, whether it's primary or secondary, the client is looking for peace of mind, whether it's peace of mind to satisfy a regulator because they're a small system, or whether it's peace of mind because they don't want to drink this stuff, or they don't want to bathe in this stuff, or they don't want their puppy to, to consume this stuff, or their kids. These are the things we have to make sure we're, we're sensitive to and that we're fulfilling as our primary objective. Very good. Uh, Eric, I'm going to kind of segue to you a little bit because as, as we get further and further in this and as we're getting recommended standards, I'm sure dealers are going to want to begin marketing that as a service offering and teaching their teams on how to sell it and how to help consumers. But what kind of help does WQA offer to help verify the claims that they're making? So we do uh, <coughs> receive uh, technical support requests from manufacturers to to examine the, the claims um, that the marketing teams want to make. So they will reach out to Brianna and I and say, hey, my marketing team has this list of claims. Can you help me understand uh, what science is available to back these claims up? Because if we go back to the WQA Code of Ethics, what the Code of Ethics says is that you need to have data available to back up all of your marketing claims. And that really comes straight from the FTC. That is the guidance that they give you. You need to have data available to back up your marketing claims. Um, so we will then go out and we will take those claims and we'll look, uh, we'll do a literature search and try to find science for you on those topics. Sometimes it's, it's you know, we can give you a very definitive answer. There's a lot of science out there um, to establish the link between energy savings and softening. Um, other times, we can't give you a definitive answer, and we'll be honest about that too. You know, there's, there's some evidence that softening can um, make your hair softer or, and more manageable. Um, it's not necessarily conclusive, but there is some evidence, and we can share that with you. And that may change the way that you talk about that <coughs> aspect in your marketing materials. And sometimes we can't find any, any you know, science on it at all, and we'll be honest about that as well. Um, 
The, the other way that WQA, of course, addresses this is we do accept complaints from the general public about marketing claims um, that come from WQA members. And those are all handled through the quality department. So if you go to the Code of Ethics page on our website, there's a place where you can submit a complaint like that by email. And, and those are then handled by the quality department. If they need additional support you know, from other members of staff, they will pull them in. They often pull in Mike Zenit or, or the technical affairs team. So. I'm curious, how many of you didn't know that that was a service available to you as a member? Everybody, okay, now I'm seeing hands. That's one of the other, One of the other things, um, we, we often receive requests from dealers who are trying to understand product certification. So they will <coughs> contact us and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking to sell this product. I need to understand exactly what it's certified for. And we can look that up for you. Um, whether it's, you know, if it's a WQA certified product, it's pretty easy. But even if it's certified by somebody else, we can look up the listing and share with you the information on the public listing, and we can explain the scope of the standard to you, what is covered under the standard, if there's any use restrictions that are associated with that certification, um, and it's in the, you know, listed in the public listing, we can, we can share that information with you as well. And now our motivational minute. Here's a question that's always good to ponder. Do your customers need you? Do they really need you? If your company did not exist, what would they do? Where would they go? What problem of theirs doesn't get solved or fixed? You can continue to slice and dice that line of questions, but it all comes back to what we offer the customer. And are we making their world just a little bit better? I remember talking to the owner of a radio station many years ago, and this stuck with me. He said his radio station existed not to provide information, not to give news and weather, not to entertain, even though it did all of those things. He said his station existed so that the cash registers in the local merchants' stores would ring more often. Think about that. As you think about what you do and, and why you do it, and does your customer understand that? Our WQA tip, just a bit more about the convention. Next year's convention will be March 5th through the 7th, 2024 in Orlando. It will be even bigger and better than this year's. And you won't want to miss it. If you would like to be a convention presenter in 2024, guidelines and applications are available online now. Go to convention.wqa.org and keep checking back for more information and when registration will open later in the year. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, a podcast of the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on most popular podcast apps. Learn more about water at wqa.org and, of course, learn about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at wqa.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio.